After my relationship ended, it became very clear that we were using it as a band-aid instead of fixing us beforehand. Both of us as individuals had a lot of work to do and we were sort of just like drowning each other. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult the medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy! Welcome to episode 129, take four. We're, we're Finn and Emma, and it's a Monday. Monday! Special bonus Monday episode! With Chloe. Yes, we're talking to Chloe today, and... She has a wonderful story, but it's a little bit of a cautionary tale. Yeah, she talks quite a bit about going through a breakup at the end of last year and how her and her former fiancé used non-monogamy sort of as a Band-Aid and that uh, coming through non-monogamy really highlighted a lot of the things that the two of them needed to work on individually. Yeah. And then she talks a lot about how she has done that work over the last few months and has gotten to an incredible place. And it's super exciting. So we're we're happy to share the story. Yeah, you're going to want to listen to this one. But first, a few announcements. Community announcements. Yes. Our next Virtual Speed Meet and Greet is going to be on June 25th from 9 to 11 p.m. And Finn, what is a virtual speed meet and greet? Well, that's a great question, Emma. <laughs> when did we start doing I this? I don't know. <laughs> I was just having fun. So if you have not attended one of our previous ones, basically we bring everybody together in a Zoom uh, chat. And then we use the breakout feature to ask a question and then break you out into a room with another couple or another person and then you talk about that topic for five or six or eight minutes and then we bring you back in scramble it up and do it again with a different question so we've done it a few times it's super super fun people loved it asked for it to be weekly yeah so you're gonna want to come join is and, the point and just a reminder that the proceeds from this month's uh, meet and greet will be going and uh, will be donated to the Black Lives Matter Global Network through Act Blue, who facilitates the donation. Yes. So if you want to sign up, go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com, and click on the meet and greet tab at the top. Yep. And you will find out all the information how to sign up. And we hope to see you there. Also, if you've been to one of the previous ones or you're a Patreon member, you get steep discounts, mad discounts. Mad discounts. All right. <laughs> I'll stop talking. Next up is our women's group. So if you're a $5 and up patron, you get to join our women's group. And we have our next call this Tuesday, the 16th of June. And it'll be at 7 p.m. Eastern. And we do a monthly call where we talk about a topic. This week's topic is going to be about shame and around everything, nominal. Monogamy included. And 
we also have a private women's group MeWe chat. So we have a monthly discussion and a private MeWe chat, and we'd love to have more women come join us. So if you want to, go sign up for our $5 patron level, and you will we will send you all the information. And links to do that are on our website under the community tab. And we'll also put links in the show notes for this episode as well. Yeah. And you guys, you guys, look at me. You women have been, you lady folk, have been having... <laughs> <laughs> That's not really how I talk. No. <laughs> <laughs> you've you've been having like a pretty good turnout for those. Yeah, we have. We've had at least 10 people on most calls and it's been amazing. And honestly, it's been really great for me personally because I love having the community and just connecting with these women and Honestly, like the calls are super vulnerable and it's really fun to have the discussions. Yeah. And I never get to listen in. So it's pretty private. It is. <laughs> You're not allowed. Yeah. And the last final thing on Patreon, we do our monthly Q&As and the next one is in two days on the 17th of June. Again, we just have everybody call in and we answer questions, talk, build community. So we will let you go find the links again under the community tab of our website or in the show notes of this episode. And then finally, a quick message from our sponsor. We have, if you haven't noticed, a new sponsor called Alt Playground, and they are a dating website, but they're also doing a lot of innovative things. Yeah, so it's a dating website designed for non-monogamous people, and it was originally a very East Coast-centric, but they are moving West. And it's not going to happen overnight, but we are happy to be and excited to be helping them build this community. They've got lots of awesome features like a wall, video profiles, video conferencing, uh, great ways to connect with each other and to meet other sexy, awesome, and open-minded people. And they actually just this week launched communities. Yeah, that's the other thing that's awesome about them is they're not just sitting back letting the money roll in. They're actually developing new features and building things to make things better. And they're taking feedback and suggestions from us and from people like you to help make the community better. And we just, I don't know, we're excited to be a part of something that is growing and changing and not sitting stagnant. And yeah. So go check them out. You can find links on our webpage, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. And with that, oh, one quick final thing. Sorry. Uh, if you want to come on the show, if you're listening and you're like, <laughs> yeah. hey, I would love to hear more voices like mine. Well, the best way to hear a voice like yours is, is to come on the show, is to put your voice on the show. So reach out to us, go to our website, click on the contact page, send us an email or send us a voice message. We'll voice message you back and we'll make something happen. You can also just reach out and say hi. Yes. All right. Now, Let's go talk to Chloe. Let's go. Welcome to the show, Chloe. We've been talking back and forth via email for a couple months, almost a year. So we're happy to finally make it happen. And a lot's changed in that time. And I think we're going to get to hear about all that. But before we do, welcome. And maybe can you introduce yourselves for the listeners? Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm Chloe, 32, live in Southwest USA single right now, but uh, here to share my experience uh, with ethical non-monogamy. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we're excited to have you. So I guess, have you known about non-monogamy like your whole life? When did you learn about it? If you remember or how? What made you want to start exploring yeah. it? So I didn't really find out about like ethical non-monogamy until 
um, my last relationship, it was about when I was initially emailing you guys last fall. So it started with my ex-partner bringing it up to me and I was just shook. And so I, um, I love doing research. So I just kind of dove into to research and that's kind of, that's where it started, you know? So had you, you had never heard of it or experienced it or explored it up until six, seven, uh, let's call it eight months ago or so. Right. Yeah. And when he brought it up it, you said it shook you. I mean, maybe take us through that a little bit. Like what was your reaction and how did you feel about it? Yeah. And I'm assuming like your previous relationships that like you'd kind of been mostly in monogamous relationships. That's all you knew, right? Yeah, exactly. And with my most recent ex, we kind of started off with, there's a, a local swingers club here. It's this awesome nude pool and it's a blast. <laughs> so we, <laughs> so we started going there and then we started having like threesomes and that was a lot of fun. So then he brought it up to me. I remember it was a Sunday morning and he said, Hey, so I've been thinking a lot about this. Wait, wait, you had done those things before yeah. he brought it up to you? Oh, okay. So you didn't yeah. really think anything of it though. It was just part of your fun. Yeah, exactly. Like, and I've done threesomes in my previous relationships. I'm bi. So every like year or so I get the hankering for some lady loving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so we had been kind of in the threesome movement for a couple months. And that's when he brought up actually dating other people separately. And that's when I was shook. I was like, not expecting that. <laughs> yeah. Cause everything up until that point had been to, to get together. Exactly. Okay. So now you've let the cat out of the bag. You were having threesomes before. <laughs> so you, you had experienced. She just didn't know that's what it was. She, she didn't know a threesome right. was non-monogamy. I think by definition, well, maybe she had never put that term to it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not trying to yell at you. I'm just kidding. But I'm just <laughs> so maybe I take us. <laughs> no, it's, it's I'm just kidding. So you started going to nude pools and having threesomes and like all of that was great. It was the let's do this separately. That that was the kink in the hose. It caught me off guard. I guess I didn't really understand why he would want to do that. I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty, but at the time it was really confusing. So I, I dug in, I purchased the ethical slut, which was really helpful for me. Your podcast, super helpful for me. Yay. Good. <laughs> yeah. So I, it was good to like, just get a grasp, like get an understanding of why anyone would do that. And what did you come away with? Like in those first month or so of exploring, like, and as you were learning about it, as you were reading books and listening to podcasts, did you see a shift in your sort of approach to it or your thoughts behind it? Yeah, it was really easy for me to see that non-monogamy is fucking awesome. Like, it makes sense. There's no way that one person can possibly fulfill the needs of another person. So opening yourself up and allowing yourself to be like taken care of by multiple people. It's amazing. Right. The issue is jealousy was, it was tough for me. It was hard. Yeah. So after doing, you know, research and learning, I'm assuming like, did your 
ex at that time, like, did he have experience with non-monogamy, ethical non-monogamy in the past? Or was this new to him as well? This was new to him as well. So he was learning along with you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so at what point did you feel like you were willing to go along and explore the separate dating? It happened really fast. Okay. So as you guys probably know, the talking about opening up is fucking hot. Like the sex is hot. Like everything about it is just hot. So I was like ready to go. I wanted to get in there. So I think I probably, we talked about it a lot and I did my psycho research for probably just a few weeks and then we jumped in. Yeah. So you kind of did a mini crash course for yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so it was a, it was a fast shift from I'm taken aback. I don't know why you would want to do this to like, hell yeah, let's go. For Very it. much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was super on. And how did it go? And how did you start? Like, did you, like, did you just like download Tinder and start there? Did you start with OkCupid or like, did you go to try to meet people in person or on some of the swinger sites? So we both got Tinder and we both got OkCupid, both put in our profiles. Hey, engaged, ethical non-monogamy here. Like if you're not interested in that, sorry, not the person for you. He had like really good luck and he went on the first date and it was really hard. There were some issues with communication on that night. He was gone a lot longer than, than expected. And he told me beforehand that they wouldn't be having sex, but they did. And I didn't hear from him for the whole night. So that really kind of put like a sour taste in my mouth, I guess. Yeah. About it. I was really jealous. and. I I had a really hard time with that. Like you were almost expecting him just to like that you guys had missed setting up that expectation for the communication level for that. Exactly. Night. Exactly. And because that expectation was there, I think it was there in my head, but if I don't communicate that, like how can I expect him to adhere to that? <laughs> right. Right. So after that, like we got really we got a lot better at communicating and I started dating a woman. Um, we had our rules in in place. And one of the rules was that I was only able to date women. Men were off the table. And that caused issues as well down the, down the line. Yeah. Can you talk about that a little bit? Like, what were the issues behind that? Not that I don't see them as red flags. I'm just curious, like, on your behalf. Yeah, what, like was... what, yeah, what, what made you put that rule in place together? Part of it was, it was his idea, red flag now hindsight, but a lot of it, well, some of it, I guess, was that I just, I didn't really want to deal with dating men. Like I have one. I like, I don't have another woman. I would like, (laughs) I would like to be with a woman, but as we started dating and he was talking to maybe like four or five different women, they all looked very similar to me. And it was really hard dealing with that replacement insecurity when he wasn't willing to do the same because he was, he just didn't want to do that work. Like he didn't want to have to deal with you dating other men because then, yeah, kind of like the replacement thing. Exactly. Exactly. Like me going dancing with a woman was far less threatening to him than me going dancing with a support for like hunky dude. Right. Right. Yeah. And that makes sense. And you also touched on the point of being 
like comparing yourself and being replaced because all these other women were this that he was dating looked very similar to mm-hmm. you. That some people have that concern, and I can see how that's a concern. But some people have the opposite concern of like, well, if he's dating a bunch of other people that don't look like me, then why is he with me? Ooh, uh-huh. And so like, there's that different depending on what your experience is and what your comfort level is i we've heard and talked to people that have experienced both levels of jealousy of like okay this person's too alike why is he with me mm-hmm. and then like oh no he's way too she's way too different why is he with right. me so it's just interesting dynamics definitely yeah so you started dating women and he was dating women and it turned into a red flag because you were you would have liked eventually to start dating men you said originally not but you were doing a lot of work and maybe you felt like he was wanting, you wanted him to do that as well. I started feeling resentful towards him because he was controlling this part of my autonomy by saying, I'm not allowed to, to date men. And that makes sense. Yeah, it was tough. So I started researching one penis policy and I was like, no, yeah, this isn't okay with me. So I sat him down for a conversation about it. And that's kind of where things started falling apart. Yeah. I mean, do you mind taking us sort of through it all? Like maybe how that unfolded and what it, what it looked like. Well, first thing, like, no, I want, I wanted to get to your question, but like how long do you feel like it was that you felt like it was kind of successful non-monogamy? Like you felt like it, you two were in a fairly good place or not. Was it never really that great of a feeling? The entire time that we dated separately, I did not feel safe in our relationship. Yeah. So that's, that's why I started that conversation about one penis policy. Yeah. And maybe just backing up though, how long were you two together before you decided to open this up? Because you said that you were engaged, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. We were together about three years when we decided to open it up. Okay. Yeah. I was just kind of curious just to get some of the background on that. So can you take us through the sort of what happened as you sort of moved forward through this progression together? Yeah, absolutely. So from the one penis policy conversation, we ended up changing our rules around quite a bit. And I feel like that's an okay thing to do as long as both people feel safe with the rules. They feel like they can follow those rules and then they do follow those rules (sighs) or guidelines, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. So I sat him down and I told him that I would like to, to have the option to date men. I told him why, and he did not receive it very well. So the next day we sat down and had a conversation and he said that he would be okay with me dating men as long as we both limited ourselves to having one partner each. Now he was talking to maybe like four or five different women again at this time. So that would mean that he'd have to like pick one and go with that. And I was talking to an amazing woman at that time And basically it was like, I would be able to talk to her or stop talking to her and begin dating men. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So it was one, it was one partner regardless of gender. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, hell yeah. Like that's, I'm totally okay with that. Like the partner that I had, the meta, she's, she was amazing. And so I was, you know, perfectly okay with that. But then he came back a little bit later and said that he just like wasn't comfortable with that. And that maybe in a year we can reassess maybe like doing full swap or something. So wasn't comfortable with you dating other men. Right. Yeah. He kind of like took that back his compromise. 
Yeah. So then how did you two then move forward? Because it sounds like you kept dating that woman and he was talking to the other women. And how did you move forward with that? The one partner rule made me feel a lot safer. I felt like I was able to kind of control my emotions a little bit more when I only had to worry about him dating one woman that looked like me instead of five women that looked like me. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, okay, that's fine. We'll reassess in a year, but I want to keep the one partner rule. It took him a few days, but he ended up cutting off all of his partners except for one. And we were fine. It was okay for a couple weeks. And then they tell you to trust your gut. And so I did. Um, I did a little snooping and I found that he was still talking to one of his other partners also. So he was, he was hiding a conversation and lying about having a partner. The conversation that I found, they, they had made plans to meet up in our home while I was gone the next night. So that, that was tough. Yeah. It was a, a breach of your trust. Very much so. Yeah. And so how did that play out? <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was messy. It ended up just me like driving through the parking lot with him hanging out to my car, screaming at each other. It was messy. Oh no. Yeah. okay okay so i'm sure the listeners can tell that this he's your ex right now so we kind of said that at the beginning things did not work out and i guess how much longer did you two try to make it work so we were in therapy at the time and i had an emergency session with our therapist and she actually told me that i should give him a second chance he felt a lot of remorse and he loved me a lot. My therapist, she didn't really like give her personal opinion very often. So I, I weighed that heavily, I guess. And I did try for a couple more weeks, but we ended up breaking up maybe like three weeks later after that, that night. Because of, was it just sort of the combination of the trust and the, all of the policies and I mean, what was sort of the reasoning behind moving on from that relationship overall? The big reason, I think, was because the the trust got broken. As anyone with a traumatic childhood can attest, once that trust is gone, it's it's gone. And neither one of us deserved to live a life of me snooping all the time and him having to deal with that. Yeah, right. Yeah, Yeah, that makes sense. And so... I mean, we don't need to dive into all of the messy details of the breakup, but maybe how have you decided to move forward from that Are in terms of what you think, you know, you want to pursue for your relationship styles and where have you gone since then? Because this was back at the end of last year. Mm-hmm. So it's been what? about six months. Yeah, six months so. it's been six months now. I am very single. I, I'm a person that's very good at being single. I like to be alone. So I will probably be single for some time. If and when I do decide to get into a relationship, I honestly would like to approach it from an ethical non-monogamy standpoint. I feel like starting a relationship from that point instead of trying to add it in and use it as a band-aid three years later might work out a little bit better for me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because I think 
you know, having gone through a really bad experience with it, it would be easy for somebody to come out of that and say, well, that's clearly not going to work. You know, non-monogamy doesn't work. It didn't work for me. It didn't work. And we're never doing that again. But it sounds like you're taking a different approach to it. After my relationship ended, it became very clear that we were using it as a band-aid instead of fixing us beforehand. Both of us as individuals had a lot of work to do. And we were sort of just like drowning each other at that point. And it felt good for a minute. Like I said, the, the planning stage of opening up your relationship is so hot. But when it comes down to it, adding two or three people to an unhealthy relationship is not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah no, it just kind of broke open the box of insecurity and of, and of issues in your relationship. And like you said, you both had work to do and adding this just wasn't helpful. Absolutely. Well, and so you aren't scared of trying to give it another go you know, moving forward. It's something that you want to do. I guess, how do you think you would like that to look? Are you thinking more of like a the swinging path or polyamory or some sort of hybrid between them? I would say some sort of polyamory. At this point, I like the idea of being kind of independent for the foreseeable future, but being able to have like multiple partners that know about each other and care about each other, that would be like, that would be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Like as you learned about non-monogamy, you said you kind of did a crash course mm-hmm. and such. I mean, you just said that having other relationships and having the the love there and stuff is intriguing, but like what really did you find that interests you the most about it? Like, what did you feel you connected with as far with non-monogamy? I've sort of always been bad at monogamy. I am a loyal person, I guess, when I'm in a a relationship, but I, I get really unhappy after a certain amount of time with someone. I do much better when I'm free, I guess. I'm a free spirit. So I don't know. Being tied down to one person has never really been my jam. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. So you've talked a little bit about, you know, that you and your ex needed to do some serious work individually before it would have worked, you know, even together. Have you, I guess, what have you done in terms of doing that work and where has it taken you today? Man, the last like five months have been so wild for me. I started doing kind of some multiple forms of sex work and that has given me confidence that like, it is just unreal. The amount of confidence that I have, it's actually bad because I've had to dial it back a little bit. Like I had to check my ego recently and I've started, like I exercise a lot and I just, after the relationship ended, I kind of went through this like manic happiness phase where I just had this unstoppable energy. And that's kind of like, I knew at that point, I was like, you know what? I haven't felt like this since I was like 23. Probably made the right choice here. (laughs) (laughs) For ending that relationship, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But man, like just, you know, reaching out to friends that I haven't seen or talked to in years and making an effort to be with people other than my ex, like it's really just woken me up and. And I feel like I've been given the opportunity just to be the best version of myself that I've been yet. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I mean, do you mind talking a little bit about the journey into the sex work, what that sort of looked like, and why you've had to dial it back and check it? Because I think that probably piqued some curiosity, at least mine. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. So after we broke up, so I live in a metro city that's pretty expensive. And the townhouse that I have, I would, at that point, I would not have been able to afford it by myself. So I have a friend who is a sex worker. She's an escort and a stripper. And I just dove right in and became an escort right after the breakup. And I got so lucky with, with all of my clients. Like I genuinely met some awesome people and kind of as Corona hit, like obviously I stopped meeting people and, um, have moved to like camming and content. Yeah, exactly. So having someone pay for your time is a powerful thing. And it did kind of go to my head and like, especially with working out, I lost a little bit of weight, started feeling really great, but I just could see myself becoming arrogant for no reason. Like I don't need to be arrogant. (laughs) So I did just have to kind of like check myself. It was actually this last weekend. Like I did a lot of meditating and just like reeling myself in to be a little bit more humble because I am like, I'm a badass bitch, but not like, I don't need, I need to just pump the brakes a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Reel it back. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's amazing that you've been able to find that confidence. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you may have already always had that inside of you, but in the relationships, at least that you've had, you may not have been able to feel like you could express that for whatever reason. And you've been through this journey over the last five, six months of experiencing that. And some of that has been through the sex work, Mm -hmm. which, you know, a lot of people would probably say, oh, that's not what I would choose first to do. But at the same time, it sounds like it's been such an amazing addition to your life because it's given you maybe a little bit too much confidence, <laughs> but it's giving you a lot of confidence. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, helps pay the bills. Yeah. And it probably above all else, like you said, giving you connection to people and met these amazing people that you would not have otherwise. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's been an amazing yeah. experience. Yeah. I was curious if you'd be willing to talk. I mean, we, we like to ask about the safety piece of things usually, but I mean, coming at it from the perspective of, you know, doing the sex work piece of it, right. That, inherently could bring in some additional risk, but also the risk of exploring other partners, going out, meeting men or women mm-hmm. on your own. There's a lot that goes into that yeah. and maybe how how you do that safely and how you approach it all. Yeah, absolutely. So as an escort, I haven't actually had like any clients that I've had sex with. So it's mostly just them like showing me off. I have one guy that pays to give me massages for an hour. Like, okay, that's, uh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So as far as like sexual partners that I want to have, that I choose to have, I am very upfront about it because I mean, I would want to know, I feel like I wouldn't judge that, but yeah, I, I do tell everyone, even at this point, like if I have plans to meet up with someone after quarantine, I let them know like, Hey, I am a sex worker. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's interesting that, that you said that you haven't actually had intercourse with anybody. <laughs> and not that I don't think that disqualifies you from the sex work label. It's more like there's still a safety element to that, right? Like you're going and meeting somebody that you've potentially never met. Oh, yeah. And so how do you maintain your safety? Because that's, I mean, that's really no different than going on a date with a guy that you've never met, right? Or a woman that you've never met. You're still meeting a stranger and having some type of intimate time with them. Yeah, absolutely. And it is, it is a little scary too, especially since like escorting, it's not legal what I'm doing. So <laughs> right. I do have a screening process to make sure that I'm not going to meet up with someone that's been previously abusive to another escort. They're hopefully not a cop, et cetera. And then I do, I have like a network of escorts that I have a group chat with. So we just type in where we're going to be at that time. So, and then we check in afterwards. Yeah. Okay. Very so, cool. Yeah, so it's like a, a yeah. built in safety net. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, that was like a really long, drawn-out explanation. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. I mean, that's good to know, though, too, that it, that you're not just out there on your own winging it, right? Oh, yeah. No, definitely not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, like, with this whole coronavirus thing, you've had to, like you said, mentioned, move some of that to online mm-hmm. and over the phone and such. Have you enjoyed that piece? Has it been a challenge? What have you, I guess, what are your feelings of the in-person versus the virtual So virtual is a lot more work for a lot less money, but so I've had a sexy Reddit page for a while now because turning strangers on turns me on. I don't know, call it a kink, but I kind of ended up using that to funnel that into like OnlyFans traffic. Oh, cool. So it it was super, it was easier. It was an easy transition. Yeah. 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 Do you enjoy the virtual stuff more, do you think, or like do you, the same? Or I guess, what are your feelings on it? I like that I don't have to have any contact with anyone and I can just ignore people if I don't want to talk to them. But I do, I prefer the money of <laughs> escorting for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I mean, sounds like that's been a huge piece of it, the sex work. What other things have you done along the last four? you know, four to six months as you've been sort of working on yourself, building up, it sounds like confidence and probably a whole host of other things. How has that process gone? And maybe where do you see it taking you in the future? Well, one thing that I'm, I'm super proud of is in February, I am like randomly found this job that was basically what I was doing already, but for a different company. So I just applied for it and they hired me with a 40% pay increase. And wow, right. (laughs) That was like the best thing that's happened since then. So that the interview I feel like was the best interview I've ever had. And that was a lot of the confidence that I got after the breakup, you know? So it's been really great. I'm able to focus on a career that I love. Like I love this company that I'm working for. I love hers. So just to clarify quickly, so this job is separate from your escorting. You're doing both of these things at the same time. Yeah. So I have a super corporate day job and then I like to make money on top of that also. Of of course. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, no. And it's, it's awesome. It sounds like the confidence that you've picked up the last four to six months has carried through into so many aspects of your life. 
Yeah, absolutely. One thing that I'm I'm really missing now is girlfriends. I spent my relationship we we didn't really focus on like building friendships or maintaining friendships. It was very much focused on each other. It was very codependent, I guess. So after this breakup, I'm fifteen hundred miles away from home, and I don't have any friends. So. That's actually something that I started um, kind of working on this week is making girlfriends to go hiking with. Mm-hmm. Cool. And can we pry into how that, how you're doing that for anybody out there who's like, yeah, I just got out of a breakup and I need to make some new fucking friends. Even, even quarantine while you're yeah. quarantined. Yes. So Bumble has a BFF app for women to meet women. And it is awesome. I've like already just had so many great conversations with local women. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. It's not something that anyone has suggested before. So that's, yeah, Yeah. that's really neat to know. Have you, I guess, in your life outside of your last relationship, have you been open with people about exploring non-monogamy and all of that? Not really. It's not something that ever like crossed my mind just because I've spent most of my years single. I was married in my early 20s. So I'm 32 and I was married in my early 20s. And even like he and I were still like doing threesomes at that point. So it's just, I've always been able to kind of get what I need in my relationships. And then as I'm single, I'm, you know, I'm just fuck who I want, I guess. I guess you have separated that as like your sex life, your business and like not, it hasn't, I guess my question was really like, have, I didn't do a great job of of phrasing it, but have you been open with family and friends about your explorations within non-monogamy? Oh, Oh, sorry. (laughs) It's okay. It's all good. I didn't do the best job phrasing it. My bad. So no, not really. I like, I told my dad, but that was it. Like I didn't tell any of my friends or anything because it's, I feel like people get really judgy about it when they haven't done the research. So yeah, it's just easier not to say anything. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Well, and it's interesting though, do you, but you decided to tell your dad and how did that go? My dad supports everything that I do. He is amazing. So he just basically told me whatever makes me happy when it didn't work out. He did do a little, I told you so like, can't say that I'm surprised or, or, or. But, you know, that was, that was the worst of it. So. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to say that I think it's, it's fascinating that you've really been exploring the non-monogamy piece of this. Like, it sounds like since forever, really, because you've been having threesomes with your, your previous husband, your ex-boyfriend that we've talked about. And it's just, it sounds like it's just always been a piece of you where you have like a long-term primary relationship with a man, and then you're able to go and have some women fun on the side. And, we'll have threesomes with sons with, with them. Right. Yeah. In those dynamics, has your partner also been with the other women or is it mostly like they're just watching? Oh no, let's, let's do it up. Let's so, share. Yeah. Let's all get in there. So there's no jealousy on that part of it. It was the jealousy came up when it became, there's three, four or five other women who look like me who are very similar to me. And now he wants to be with them potentially instead of me, but like rolling around all at the same time is just gravy. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, I think, yeah, it is pretty fascinating that, that it didn't ever occur to you that like, oh, this is not something that not everyone does, I guess, necessarily. Right. Right. And yeah, no, because it's just like, yeah, I've been doing like threesome since I was like 19. Like, I love that shit. Let's get dirty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, this is just like part of the relationship. Right. Exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> love it. So it, it sounds like threesomes will be definitely in the future, potentially some polyamory, maybe dating, maybe going sort of the solo poly route. I mean, it's super exciting to hear that you've come out of seemingly a fairly bad relationship in a lot of ways. It's maybe codependent, like you said, controlling a little bit mm-hmm. and that you've really done the work and come around and you're going places that you want to go. So we're excited to hear that. I do just want to say though, like it hasn't been all like giggles and ice cream and butterflies since the breakup. It's been a lot of grueling, hard, emotional work. And there are, I miss him every day. Like, you know, he was my best friend for years. It's, it's really hard to just have that gone. Right. And especially like with quarantine, like it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. But the amount of like emotional work that I've been given the opportunity to do because of the breakup is worth it. Right. Well, and thank you for bringing that up. Cause I think maybe there was the misconception or the misperception that you broke up, started doing sex work and life was great. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like that was definitely not all the story. No, it's been a lot of crying. It's been a lot of reflecting, a lot of meditating. It's a lot of work, but to be able to say that you're the best version of yourself yet, that's a huge accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's amazing. And and thank you for sharing that because yeah. we didn't want somebody to come away with this be like, well, I just broke up. I guess I've got to go be a sex worker. <laughs> gotta, Do what makes you happy, but... <laughs> yeah. Escorting is the solution. But it sounds like for you that was part of the solution, part yeah. of the confidence building, but mm-hmm. there was so much more yeah. that needed to happen as well. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's been a lot of different things that have kind of led me to where I am now. And I'm excited to like see where I am in a year. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing that you're, you're wanting to do that work because, you know, diving into yourself and really acknowledging the work that you need to do personally Ooh. is not easy. And people put it off your whole life. And well, and it's easy to blame. It's, it would it's be easy, easy to, to come out of that relationship and just blame the other person. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like even though you probably did some of that, there's there's a lot that you didn't. That there's, you still, there's still two people yeah, yeah. in that relationship, right? Right. right. Like, yeah. I understand why he... Like, at this point now... I understand why he broke the rules. I understand a lot of things about how the last like six months of our relationship, like why they were bad. And actually yesterday we actually had the first like productive conversation that we've had since the breakup. Kind of funny timing, but like we even said like, why did it take all of this for us to realize that we both had just so much work to do and he's been doing work on himself too. And it sounds like he's doing really great, which I'm really fucking happy. Like I'm really fucking proud of him. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. And it doesn't sound like there's a ton of, you're like, my fucking ex-boyfriend, I hate that. Guy. It's, <laughs> it's not like that. And I yeah. think that's wonderful to hear somebody come out of a difficult situation. And yeah, there was rules broken, but like you said, you know why and you get it and it doesn't make it right. But it, there, yeah, there's, there's 
always more to the story than people think sometimes. So definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And that you've, you've not been afraid to reach out for help. Like you said, you've been talking to a therapist and Mm -hmm. that is a huge help. You're not alone. Right. Right. Awesome. Yeah. I definitely a lot more. I'm approaching this breakup with a lot more emotional openness than I would have like 10 years ago. Instead of just pushing it down, I'm actually dealing with the things as they come up. Yeah. You know, realizing it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be angry. You need to figure it out and then move on though. Right. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's incredible. And again, thank you for sharing it all and for talking about it. And, you know, we're excited to hear and see where you are in a year and, and hopefully you're an even better version and, so. Yeah, that'll, that'll be awesome. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, so. I'm super excited to stay in touch and to hear yeah. from you again. Awesome. Awesome. Well, have a wonderful evening and thank you so much soon. for sharing. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's been great talking. Yeah. Have a great night. You too. And we're back. Oh, you didn't do it with me this well, time. Well, I don't want it's got to be a mystery. <laughs> Thank you, Chloe, for reaching out to us and coming on the show and sharing a vulnerable story. We know that it's not always the easiest to talk about things that are difficult. So, yeah, no, thank ab- you. absolutely. Thank you very much. And in just two days, you get more Finn and Emma. Woohoo! So, whether that's a good thing or not, I guess that's totally up to you. <laughs> but we have an awesome. Uh, part two episode yeah so this wednesday we have a part two with bill and felice they were on episode 42 yep and powerful story then awesome powerful story now we're super excited to have them back and looking forward to sharing what they've been up to over the last 90 some episodes yeah so come back on wednesday and listen and don't forget go check out alt playground you can find links on our website normalizing but you want to go check it out and make a profile and we are there so you could even check us out i post lots of pictures of my butt do you i'm going to start posting lots <laughs> of pictures of my butt okay i'm excited about this and with that have a great tuesday rest of your monday a tuesday and we'll see you wednesday morning bright and early. Bye everyone. Thanks for listening.